，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Offson 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continued defending her visit to Taiwan during her first press conference since returning to the U.S. Pelosi reiterated that the U.S. should not let China isolate Taiwan and that it had no right to dictate who is allowed to visit Taiwan. She also said the U.S. should not allow China to establish a new normal in which it continues with its intense military drills in the Taiwan Strait. Meanwhile, Taiwan's representative to Washington, Xiaobi Kim, said in an interview that Taiwan would continue welcoming international friends to visit. In her first press conference after returning to the U.S., House Speaker Nancy Pelosi continued to speak up for Taiwan. We will not allow China to isolate Taiwan, and they may keep them from going there, but they're not keeping us from going to Taiwan. After Pelosi's visit, China ramped up its military activity in the Taiwan Strait, which continues to this day. Pelosi says the U.S. can't let China establish that as a new normal. Their pretext was our visit for them to do what they normally do: intensify. They didn't do it when the Senate went under uh, uh, Chairman Menendez of the Foreign Relations Committee. They just decided to do it this time. I think what we saw with China was they were trying to establish sort of a new normal. And we just can't let that happen. Pelosi stated that Washington supported the status quo, and that her visit did not violate the U.S. policy on Taiwan based on the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint communiques, and the six assurances. Our purpose in going to Taiwan was to say that we have this strong relationship built on the status quo, which we support. Before her visit, U.S. President Joe Biden had said that the U.S. military did not think Pelosi visiting Taiwan was a good idea. Pelosi denied that the military had told her delegation not to visit Taiwan. I actually, I think, minimized the impact of the, of the Chinese、uh, on our trip. So they they took very good care of us. I don't remember them ever telling us not to go to military.、No. Meanwhile, Taiwan's representative to Washington, Xiaobi Kim, echoed the U.S.'s stance on the visit during an interview with U.S. media outlet CNN.、Um, I think、uh, the people of Taiwan will continue to welcome international friends、uh, who are in Taiwan to extend their support and help、uh, in terms of、uh, supporting Taiwan's international space. And Taiwan's survival, and trying to intimidate us from making friends, and they're also trying to threaten friends from visiting us.、Uh, we can't let this become a regular pattern. Xiao said that Taiwan would not succumb to China's provocations, adding that Taiwan wanted to engage with the world, protect peace, and breathe freedom. Shaved ice is one of the joys of summer in Taiwan. As we get through the height of summer, ice shops battle it out to offer the freshest flavors. Some stick with the classic, like Taiwanese fruits, but some create ice versions of foreign desserts, like tiramisu. We visited a few purveyors of ice to survey the options.
block of watermelon ice goes into the ice shaver. It comes out like lashings of pink snow. Then the ice is decorated with balls of real watermelon, sweet vanilla ice cream and condensed milk. An irresistible dessert is served. It has all these scoops of watermelon. It's so refreshing. And with the condensed milk, it makes it so tasty. And fruit is not the only choice. Sweet Tooth customers can also try this. The base is a mountain of coffee-shaped ice. On top, generous sprinkles of cocoa, a slice of chocolate cake, finished with lashings of a tiramisu-flavored cream. Oh, and don't forget some more cocoa. Voila, the tiramisu ice. So long as it's not raining, business is pretty good. Everyone comes in for watermelon and mango. They're all doing pretty well. Meanwhile, at a competing ice shop, a hot chocolate cake is just emerging from the oven. The slices are stuck on cocktail sticks. Suddenly, they're camouflaged as pig blood cakes. They're covered in sesame seeds and sesame ice and garnished with a little coriander naturally, just like pig's blood cake should be. I think it's quite novel. There's almost nobody doing this kind of special shaved ice in Taiwan. It's quite creative and it looks nice. It makes pretty photos for social media. I wanted to add some new creative ice products. I wanted to make a link to traditional Taiwanese snacks. So we launched a pig's blood cake shaved ice to see how it went. And as it turns out, it's very popular. As summer heat waves roll through, everyone needs to cool off. A good ice is always in demand. The only question is, which flavor is the one for you? Xiaolongbao are one of the all-time greats on the Chinese menu, but even a classic can be reinvented. Let's meet a chef who has put his own special spin on the Shanghainese tradition. Whether it's a garnish of black truffle or pizza-style dumplings, not a single menu item is predictable. Xiaolongbao are topped with a smidgen of black truffle. A waft of steam starts up your appetite. Each dumpling is oozing with pork and truffle-infused juices. The filling is made with rump of pork mixed with truffle sauce, carefully dosed to not overpower the other flavors. Most xiaolongbao in Taiwan used aged chicken and pork skin for the broth. We mainly use fruits and vegetables. There's sugarcane, pineapple, and onions in there. The xiaolongbao are finished off in these steamers and immediately served. These steamed dumplings are also drizzled in cheese, and their fillings have an Italian twist. It's like a tiny pizza in a bite. We used tomato sauce at first, like spaghetti bolognese. Then, when we came back to Taiwan, we added the cheese on top. The dough is colored with red yeast. The filling of beef, tomato, and herbs is wrapped up in an unusual way, with its top pressed flat to make space for the cheese. As soon as it's in the steamer, the cheese melts to create a delicious fusion of east and west. This chef was trained in an Australian kitchen. We went abroad. I guess it was a working holiday. I added some foreign elements into our Chinese cuisine. These deep-fried prawns spend just 10 seconds in the pan. They're flavored with notes of pomelo, and the pig's blood cake is not what it seems. This is actually a sweet mousse dessert, a perfect twist to round off a meal full of surprises. 
Following the Taiwan visit of U.S. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, China blocked the import of thousands of Taiwanese food products. To counter the bans, the Ministry of Economic Affairs is launching a 200 million NT initiative to help Taiwanese businesses expand into 13 alternative markets with subsidies and large-scale promotional events. With the Mid-Autumn Festival just over a month away, bakeries have started offering gift sets containing pineapple cakes and other pastries. Last week, China imposed an import ban on thousands of Taiwanese food products amid the Taiwan visit by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Now, pastry makers are trying to find ways to sell their products in new markets. Of course, we as businesses wouldn't want everyone to flock to China, so we'll have to look into Southeast Asia and Northeast Asia. I think these markets can replace the Chinese market. If businesses work hard, they can probably minimize losses. To help businesses diversify, the Ministry of Economic Affairs has also introduced the 200 million NT initiative to promote Taiwan's food products around the world. From August through December, the ministry will organize large-scale events and set up pop-up stores and shopping centers in 13 countries. It expects 2,000 businesses to benefit from this initiative. They include Singapore, Malaysia, Vietnam, South Korea, Japan and the U.S. among others. If manufacturers want to do sales themselves by setting up an online platform services, we will offer 100,000 NT in subsidies. If manufacturers wish to find their own local distributors, then we will offer a 200,000 NT subsidy for every market for a total of up to 1 million NT. In related news, China is tightening enforcement of rules on labeling of Taiwanese products. Freight operators and Chinese importers have been asked to notify Taiwanese companies that their product's place of origin must be listed as Taiwan China. Labeling of ROC or Taiwan will be rejected for import. The products are being blocked at the customs over in China. We will work with customs and provide relevant information to Chinese customs. We're also looking into the issue case by case on a daily basis. Companies whose shipment is blocked by China should file relevant documents to the Ministry of Economic Affairs so that officials can seek solutions on a collective level. Taiwan shares opened up and closed up on Thursday amid easing inflation in the U.S. The consumer price index in the U.S. increased 8.5 percent from a year earlier in July, a significant drop from the 9 percent climb reported in June. Though inflation is slowly easing in the country, experts say the Fed may still consider an interest rate hike of between 0.5 percent and 0.75 percent in September. Let's hear from an analyst. Inflation peaked in June and July. On one hand, we have the baseline, and on the other, a strong U.S. dollar. That can suppress price growth in raw materials and commodities. So moving forward, inflation gradually slows down. Perhaps the August price index might even dip into 7% territory. The U.S. labor market is doing extremely well right now. The U.S. midterm elections are on November 3rd, so they will probably want to solve the inflation problem before then. But this year, and all through the first half of next year, the conditions will be such that the Fed could continue raising interest rates. 
Even though the Fed may continue to tighten monetary policy, the Dow Jones soared amid the news of easing inflation. The TIEX followed suit, closing up 258 points, or 1.73 percent, at 15,197, on turnover of 219.6 billion NT. The Taipei Music Academy and Festival is back in action this year, with many prominent musicians performing in Taiwan from around the world. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang spoke to the founder of the Taipei Music Academy and Festival, Ling Zhao Liang, to find out more. Musicians such as Timothy Cobb, Akiko, Sawanai, and others take the stage. They are rehearsing for the upcoming Taipei Music Academy and Festival concert. The Taipei Music Academy and Festival has entered its fourth year. The Academy has invited young musicians aged 15 to 30 to take part in the festival to elevate their skills and work with a world-class faculty. The founder of the festival is Taiwanese-American violinist Lin Zhaoliang. Lin said he hopes the festival can inspire the next generation of musicians. Uh, there are 64, 64 students and about 17 faculty. The original concept, and it's still my mission statement, is to provide the best music possible for the Taiwanese audience, but also the best educational possible uh, an environment in which to grow, to thrive, to stimulate for young musicians. And so the best way to do that is to bring the best musicians from around the world and teach these students. During the festival, members will receive two weeks of intensive training with world-class musicians such as Kent Nagano, the New York Philharmonic String Quartet, Frank Huang, Akiko Sawanai, Cynthia Phelps, Carter Bray, and more. Taiwanese-American musicians such as Chen Zeyan and Ben Hong are also back in Taiwan to serve as instructors. It's our pleasure to be here and we'll be teaching private lessons and um, we will be part of the uh, rehearsal process and, and helping the student while we're rehearsing for the symphonic concerts. Whenever we can, um, and through Jimmy, and able to provide this platform for us to be able to continue to help um, also our fellow young Taiwanese student, and so that's very meaningful. The Taipei Music Academy and Festival will be holding a series of concerts in Taipei, Kaohsiung, and Taichung until August 14th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Shi Bohan in Taipei. A new talent pool in the power sector is essential for achieving net zero carbon emissions by 2050. To encourage students endeavoring to enter the power sector, the Industrial Technology Research Institute has teamed up with industry, government and academia to launch its power school. This year, ITRI has also awarded scholarship prizes to 27 students for their proposals and academic achievements. A well-lit residence powered by the sun's natural light. All the appliances here run on green energy, but to ensure a stable supply of this environmentally friendly electricity, a well-trained talent pool is needed. To foster next-generation talent in the electricity sector, eTree has awarded scholarships in three categories – project proposal, project results, and academic achievement. 
One by one, the 27 students go on stage to receive the awards. Their research topics include electricity, electronic devices, and communications. A great devotion to their studies and professional development prepares their entry into the market. I chose this research topic because with climate change, we will need to establish independent energy sources and ensure all electricity generators can distribute power and provide load to prevent generator tripping. As the world heads toward zero carbon emissions, power generation is likewise shifting away from the combustion of coal and natural gas, and the shift is boosting uptake of renewables such as solar and wind energy and hydropower. But still, the challenges of generating efficiency, energy storage, and energy distribution will have to be addressed. That's why eTree has joined forces with industry, government, and academia to launch the Power School Initiative to offer additional training to interested students. We urgently need electrics talent, including the more traditional kind and those specializing in power electronics equipment. In recent years, the power sector's output has been numbered at 100 billion NT. Our power school trains students who would like to enter the power and energy sector, whether they have the related background or not. Statistics show that the green economy can create 24 million jobs globally by 2030. Of the sectors enjoying the greatest income growth, offshore wind and solar power are among the top three, and eTree is cultivating Taiwan's talent for tomorrow. Taiwan will be holding a constitutional referendum on November 26, the same day as the local elections. The question on the vote will be on whether the constitution should be amended to lower the voting age from 20 to 18 years. To promote the referendum, the Central Election Commission on Thursday launched a campaign float at a Ghost Month parade in Geelong. Officials say it is crucial that turnout is high as the threshold for constitutional referendums are higher than normal votes. Let's hear from the CEC. On the same day as the election, we will hold the first constitutional referendum in which the public has a say. It is a very important moment. Since today Geelong is holding this massive event, we decided to promote the referendum here. We hope that everyone can see just how important this constitutional referendum is for democracy. At least half of Taiwan's electorate must vote in favor of the referendum for the amendment to pass, and that will not be an easy task. Taking the 2020 presidential elections as an example, a successful constitutional referendum then would have required 9.65 million votes. To put it into perspective, President Tsai Ing-wen, who then won the highest number of votes ever in a nationwide election, won just over 8.17 million votes. Had the vote been a constitutional referendum, the votes would have fallen short of the minimum threshold by more than 1 million votes. The KMT's delegation to China, headed by Vice Chair Andrew Xia, has now entered quarantine in Xiamen. The visit continues to spark outrage from both KMT members and pan-green lawmakers in Taiwan, while China celebrates the visit. The delegation says it's not scheduled to meet with any government officials in China, but critics say that it won't necessarily prevent gatherings.
Across the strait, China Central Television celebrates the visit of a delegation led by KMT Vice Chair Andrew Xia. But in Taiwan, the visit has sparked huge backlash. Fellow KMT member Li Laixi questioned on social media Xia's need to visit China under the current state of heightened tensions. He added that it was no wonder that the KMT was being painted as being pro-CCP. In their itinerary, will there be meetings with officials from China's central or local governments? Of course, the KMT can just say they bumped into each other by chance, or that as guests they can't reject invitations. All this has been implied before, and they're trying to hide their exchanges with Chinese officials. Taiwan's biggest opposition party, the Chinese Nationalist Party, has from the very beginning been an agent for the Chinese regime in Taiwan. They call it a visit, but in reality, they are working together with the enemy. They are catering to China while sowing division in Taiwan. And they are sending the wrong message to the international community. Xia, who is 72 years old, previously held office as head of Taiwan's Mainland Affairs Council. It was under his term that the meeting between former President Ma Ying-jeou and Chinese leader Xi Jinping was held in Singapore in 2015. He's previously interacted with core members of Xi's regime. The results of a poll conducted by the council shows that more than 80% of respondents support a meeting between the leaders of both sides of the strait on the conditions of equality, respect, openness and transparency. He used to lead the Mainland Affairs Council, so he should know better about sensitive matters and cross-strait relations. He wants to go, fine. He's willingly behaving like a pawn for China. Frankly speaking, I don't think it's all as simple as they make it to be. They must have agreed on some arrangements before the visit. Reports say Xia is visiting China in order to mend relations between China and the KMT, as well as to raise funds for the local elections in November. But with China's drills continuing in the Taiwan Straits and with opposition from within his party, many are questioning his allegiances.